0: Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart. This
1: is Dina Parisi, 2015 IHRA Pro Mod World Champion. Hi, I'm Fiona Forbes. Hi, this is Jody Emery of Cannabis
2: Culture and Plot TV.
0: Hey, I'm drummer Matt Chamberlain.
2: Hello, this is Melissa Etheridge. Hi, this is Taylor Leanne Chandler, Michael Phelps' ex-girlfriend. Hey, it's Rex Brown.
3: Seaball in the house, and you are listening to the Cast here on CKDJ, the hits of your
4: life. You know how you'll hear people say, get a job where it really doesn't feel like work. I mean, it's cliche, but it's 100% true. It's kind of why I got into the radio broadcasting industry as a career in the mid-90s, quit a really good job in Summerland in the Okanagan making fiberglass kayaks, took the BCIT radio broadcasting course, have been in the industry ever since in one form or another. And it's not just the job that makes it not feel like work, but it's the people that you work with as well. And I got to admit, I've been... You know, pretty lucky over the years, especially since getting into the industry, did mornings at Sea Fox in Vancouver with their current morning show host, Jeff O'Neill. Karen Kay, who's also part of that morning show, she and I did the Fox Afternoon show together for close to seven, eight years. Then I got shown the corporate radio door for quote, making too much money, or so they said, but I didn't. Waited the ten months of Severance, then started up this podcast. And of course, now I'm working with no one, nobody helping me for the first year, year and a half, maybe even the first couple of years. And then BCIT reaches out, wanted to know if I'd be into coming in to mentor students and mark some assignments and, you know, help run the campus FM radio station, 107.9 here in Vancouver, where I work with a guy named Brian Weeb, who is a beauty to work with. He gets the game. He's positive of the future of radio. He was a program director, a producer, on air host in industry. So he's kind of been there, done that. And we just get along. Truly blessed with the people who have been around me throughout my career. Well, as it turns out, Brian, like me, has a few irons in the fire at all times. He is the owner and editor of of the BCHL Network and the GM of the Port Moody Panthers. It's probably long overdue that Brian is a guest of this podcast. So we'll fix that this week. Joining Brian Weeb, speaking of the radio industry, she's part of the syndicated Casey Clark Show, MJ, jumped on a zoom with us maybe about a week back now you'll hear parts of that conversation this week first our first guest of three is this week's musical guest multiple juno award-winning producer brian howes Brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley, good buddies. They've been around since 2013. They welcome podcasts, voiceover actors, and pretty much anything you can do in a recording studio. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. You know how you've known someone for so long, but it's kind of tricky to nail down just how far back you guys go? I was racking my brain on when Brian Howes and I first met. And I was thinking, you know, it's during their time with Closure. Remember those guys? Look out below. I'm letting go. Well, Brian reminded me that it's more like probably the late nineties when he was in a band called DDT. You'll hear us talk about that in the full conversation. We talked for, I think it was just over a half hour. You can hear it now. You can see it at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. They're all at Toddcast Podcast. So Brian and I go back. Aways, ways, at least a couple of decades. And of course, man, super proud of everything that he's accomplished. It's pretty awe-inspiring. Like not one, but two Juno wins.
3: Well, it was the first one. So I've got lucky. I've won two of them. And, and the coolest thing was, is, uh, you know, I was up against both times, uh, Bob Rock and, and, um, uh, I think it was, uh, who was it? it was Bob Rock and David Foster. And I was like, and the and I remember in two thousand seven the first one I won I was like no nah, I don't have a chance man I'm just some fucking kid I just did hinder and yeah. you know Headley and stuff like that and you know I'm I'm just happy to be here drinking free booze you know I always think like a broke musician like does it come with two drink tickets. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly how my brains work. And so I'm sitting there and, I, you know, my, my wife Leanne and I are just having cocktails and I'm enjoying myself, enjoying the moment, just fun to be nominated. And then they announced yeah. that I won and I was like nearly fell over and I was way too tanked. Wow. So that's kind of how I found out. And I so went you don't up find out until like the night of. I thought they I would have know. told you prior. Nope. Both wow. times. I won one in Ottawa too. It was my second producer of the year and, and I, I had no idea. And I definitely didn't guess the second one. I was like, oh. I don't think I'm, you know, both times I had no idea. (laughs) It's not like I produced like Radiohead or something, you know, it was bands that do, do kind of commercially very well, but they're not very credible. So I was like, there's no chance I'm winning.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Don't ask me why I thought that they'd tell the winners before the event. Uh, I guess I was on glue that night. Anyway, Brian's a good dude. Uh, We talked about so many things, how he's reluctantly binge watching Queen's Gambit, which is a great show. He's excited for the Soprano sequel, who isn't? He talked about the differences in a COVID world trying to record and produce music. Very interesting for the music nerds, the recording nerds who listen to this podcast and the story of how he came to produce American Idol contestants and winners.
3: I kind of got my foot in there. I, I think um, uh, Pete Gambard was always a fan of my bands and was always looking, interested in signing. He never did, but you know, always poked around and I think he, he and Hinder had just come out and was starting to do good. So he was like, Hey, I think Brian might be perfect to write with Chris. So I was the first one that Chris wrote with and we wrote what I want, which was the, with the rock song off his first record, uh, that Slash played on, which was really cool. We literally That's wrote great. that in half a hotel room. And, um, but it, you know, that record, geez, 8 million copies worldwide. Isn't that crazy? Debut biggest debut, uh, rock, uh, solo rock solo record ever um but he was such a good singer and then i think from there i did the next one and then david cook and then i just i they would always call me the idol whisperer because <laughs> whenever the idols would come off Idol, you know because before they, they most of the guys were never in bands they used to work in paint stores and stuff and then six right. months they were famous and so they would come off there wanting to be super arty and it was like i want to make a fugazi meets radiohead album and and then I was the idol whisperer, like, "Yeah, that's cool, dude, but you know, we gotta we gotta make the soccer moms happy." That kind of yeah. put you on the map here. So I was the let's let's make the soccer moms happy, but still keep the artiness for you. So I was pretty good at kind of bridging that gap and, and making the label happy and the artist. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun back in the heyday when they really used to push
4: those guys. You really should try to check out this full interview. There's just so much stuff that we covered in that half hour. Brian talked about how he was asked to try out for the U.S. Ball Hockey National Team before COVID, how Nickelback opened up for his band, DDT. And of course, Brian has produced one of Nickelback's albums now. He talked about having unreleased Chris Cornell and Linkin Park songs in his vault. And Brian shared a Las Vegas gambling story too.
3: Oh yeah, believe me. I, love, I Actually, Ch- Chad and Joey got me into poker. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have crazy games out there. And Chad's awesome to play against because he just doesn't care and he gets He's good, bored. Yeah.
4: He's good. You know, he uh, he turned me on, him and Joey, uh, we were out gambling and uh, I can't remember. It was one of the, I think of the Richmond Casino. Yeah. And uh, and they were like, no, you need to do this, this, uh, this style of betting for uh, roulette.
3: Oh, I know they have a system.
4: Yeah, you need to wait for it to go four or five times, red or black, odd or even. Yeah. And then bet against the system <laughs> until you win. And sometimes you have to double down to like, you know,
3: fucking 900 bucks or whatever double to win 20 it. or 40, right? Like, yeah. Scary shit, man. I know. Those guys are crazy. I remember being in Vegas with those guys. And I remember once they won a bunch of money. Like, Joey and Chad. Like, I'm, I'm not much of a gambler. I like to play poker where I have a little bit of say in the outcome. Yeah. But. They won a bunch of money and we, I remember we got followed by some dudes that were going to roll us and, and Chad had his security guy, Hawk there Hawk, yeah. and yeah. Hawk even looked worried. And cause these guys were probably packing, and they followed us. And then finally the, the, the resort security came and got them. But I remember they, they'd won like 20, 30 K and they were whipping it around and these dudes were following us, man. It was pretty scary. Wow. Yeah. You don't think about that, right? Like if you win yeah. big money. Yep. Yep. They make a big deal of it. Ring, 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 ring. Like, hey, this guy just won 50K. I know. And then some dude's going to roll him. But this guy didn't care that we had a security guy with us. They didn't care. And Hawk's huge, man. He's a big kid. He's a big boy, yeah. Musical guests
5: of the Todd Cast Podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
6: What do you mean rock and rolls?
4: song has to be one of the best of last year i believe they released that song last year johnny wrath and the song is what it takes the song that i was introduced to those guys by one of my favorite local vancouver rock bands no doubt landslide if you hear of them playing near you make the effort to be there very good live band coming up in about 10 minutes in listen to this retired nhl goaltender eddie lack talking about realizing your true potential. That is powered by our friends at Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. RV service and repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online on Facebook and on Twitter. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, BCHL network editor and owner and the GM of the Port Moody Panthers, Brian Weeb. Remember, off the top, I was mentioning how Brian and I are quite tight. We work side by side at BCIT in their radio arts and entertainment program. That's his main gig, his bread and butter, like mine is. And on the side, Brian dons a mask and a cape. Okay, well, maybe not quite that dramatic, but he does have some side hustle. There's a couple reasons that he could be this week's sporting guest. As mentioned, he's the owner, the editor of the BCHL Network. He's the GM of the Port Moody Panthers. He's immersed in hockey. He lives it, breathes it. He loves hockey, but nothing beats wrestling.
6: So my, my earliest memory, uh, you know what? I was, I don't have a specific like event or something like that but I want to say that I was like, I mean, I remember watching it when I was uh, eight, nine years old. Like I remember Heyday of Hulk Hogan. Like I, I remember when he beat Iron Sheik for the, for the championship. I remember watching the camel the, clutch. And, what yeah, an awesome yeah. Finishing he, move. He kicked out of the camel clutch. Like what the hell is that? And when you're, you're like, nobody gets out of the camel clutch. Like, you know, you, you can't do that to my hero. And so I remember watching that and, Uh, I remember Saturday night's main event. Like, I don't know if you ever remember that, like Saturday night live would be like preempted. And then like wrestling would come on at like 1130 at night. Um, And I mean, I never, it's so funny. You think back when you were a kid and you're like, what an idiot I was because like, I was like, how are they wrestling at like 1130 at night? Like that's ridiculous. There's this huge like stadium full of people. And it's so late not thinking like, duh, it's pre-recorded, Right. Um, So I remember that. And then I, I, I have a really fond memory like WrestleMania 3 was on my 11th birthday. Oh, and no way. Yeah, like the actual event was on my birthday and that was like the big Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Um, You know, like, and then they were billing it like Andre had never been defeated. He'd never been pinned. And then, you know, Hogan's the champ and has been for three years. And back then they didn't have, they had pay-per-view, but it was way more prevalent in the US. And so in my case, like you had to go buy a ticket like whatever 15 bucks go down to like the pacific coliseum and they had like four screens set up on each side and you went there and you watched on this giant screen with all these other wrestling fans oh and, crazy and I, and I went there with like i mean i went with my folks and uh, a few friends and my sister for, for that was like what we did on my birthday like that was my birthday party was we watched wrestlemania 3
4: I think the full talk with Brian Weeb is just over 50 minutes long. You can hear it, see it. We did it on Zoom. You can check it out on our social media platforms, all under at Toddcast Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. And as we do, we got into it with Brian as well, beyond what he's known for, radio, sports, like binge-watching Dexter and the dangers of working on the set of Narcos. We talked about the Canucks, the Kraken, And as you know, I love hearing about this, his first concert experience.
6: Jackson 5 victory tour, man.
4: No, did you seriously?
6: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where was that? That that was, it was unreal. Uh, That was a BC place in 84. Um, And I remember my, um, my second cousin, his name is Mark. He Used to always have, like, I don't know how he had some like concert ticket hookup, but he did. He'd get tickets for my aunt and uncle all the time and whatever. So he got us these tickets for the Jackson Five Victory Tour because we were like sold out in like five seconds mm. um, because they were reuniting and Michael was Michael at that point, right? 84, right? It's two years after Thriller. Um, so like he was just like the biggest star in the world at the time. And our seats were horrible, like, just absolutely like, think this, like, you know, second to last back row at BC Place.
4: Right, comes um, with the Kleenex.
6: Like, yeah, totally, right. And uh, it's like, make sure y- y- you have like everything that you need to make sure you're not going back down because you're two miles from the floor of the stadium. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. But what what was really funny about that? And so they had the big screens up at BC Place, which if you if you remember the old BC Place, there were no screens in the middle. It right. was at both ends, right? And so when, when they came out on stage, of course, I had binoculars. And when they came out on stage, the only way we could tell which one was Michael was the sequin glove. Like he, we could see the glove. Wow. Um, and so that was the only way we could differentiate Michael from Tito or Jermaine or whoever. And, and so, but it was unreal because he would, like his brothers were so gracious. And again, I don't remember this at the time, but I remember the songs. And so he, like, he still played Billie Jean and he still played like... Oh beat it and like all the massive hits that weren't his brother's songs at all. Right. But uh, no, that was the first show I ever went to. And I, I remember the souvenir I bought about a, a a head, a bandana, like not even like the triangle, like or diamond bandana, like a headband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like an elastic headband. It was like a scarf ish material, like a silk that you would tie in like karate kid style. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's dead Jackson five victory tour on it.
4: And I guess just knowing that Brian is a big fan of music, as much as he is a sports fan, we always talk about music on the job in the full conversation. We talk about how he's met the beastie boys, REM Dave Grohl, whether he, he would bungee jump or he, whether he would skydive. We talked about the music of the doors and the stones. He talked about seeing Nirvana live.
6: Yeah. I, I mean, Nirvana was awesome. Um, just, 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 the, just seeing them was was unreal where did um, you see
4: them uh, now that's a band that I never got to see
6: uh they played here so it was uh I'm I'm not one of those people that can lend themselves to being like oh I was at the town pump show uh in 91 which like apparently all of Vancouver was at right um, for a
4: for a 300 person yeah. venue yeah yes yes
6: exactly <laughs> where they were opening for like screaming trees um so no I, I didn't get to go to that never mind the fact that I was 15. Um, but I saw them. Um, so what happened was I remember on uh, on Sea Fox, they announced the show and uh and we were like, okay, we gotta get tickets. And that was one we did camp out for, and and we got tickets. Um, and it would have been it was in early 94, so it was like January 3rd or 4th or something like that. And we camped out, we got our tickets, it was at the forum, PE Forum. Um, and Like, we're driving home or we're driving somewhere that same day, and C Fox is like, second show added Nirvana at the forum. It was the day before we had tickets. No. So, they actually added the second show because of booking or the tour or whatever for the day prior. And so, we were like, all those jerks are going to get to see them first. And we camped out. Like, it was this second
4: show would probably be better anyway.
6: Like we were, we were so mad because we were just like, "That's a ripoff!" Like we we put in all this effort, camped out. We're like freaking out that we could see Kurt and whatever, and uh, and yeah, we got (laughs) got to see the second show. It was still an unreal show, though. Like he he was, I mean, it was as good as you would expect. Yeah, you know. And then he was gone four months later. Wow, right? Like that's that's what was crazy about it was that they didn't play that many shows between when I saw them and then when. The band didn't exist anymore wow um so that one really sticks out not and again not just because he's gone but because it was such a rad show like it was a, it was a really really good show mm-hmm. um played with butthole surfers like it was good red truck beer nothing delivers like a red truck official beer of the todd
5: cast podcast 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 is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast.
4: Any true Vancouver Canucks fan will know Eddie Lack, a retired NHL goaltender. And the interesting thing is he didn't get drafted in 2009, signed with the team in 2010, And you may remember that he went on to play with the Moose for a little bit, played with the Canucks in 2013-2014, backing up Roberto Luongo. They're still really good buddies to this day, as you'll hear in the full interview. Eddie played on a few other NHL teams as well, the Hurricanes, the Flames, the Devils as well. Now he's living in Scottsdale, Arizona and is a realtor and crushing it. And when Eddie was a guest... We talked about his favorite goaltenders, how Ovechkin was deceptively tough to play against, the shows that he was binge-watching at the time, the chances of alien visitation. He shared a near-death story, told a story about a $40,000 rookie bar tab, his golf game came up, so did the best tacos in Vancouver, seeing Kiss in concert, and Eddie talked about getting signed to play for the Vancouver Canucks and realizing his true potential. Listen to this.
3: I don't know like I I think that I always had that belief in myself that I could like now looking back at it I I don't think that I really had a chance like and like really understood it until maybe when I signed that first contract with like Vancouver, right? Like yeah. I I uh, thought that uh, uh, it was always a dream but like for that to like come, come, come like true and actually put like pen on paper right like yeah, that was super super cool
5: listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley an ICBC approved repair shop Find them online at TedcoRVSuppliesInc.com.
7: Did you think this would happen?
4: Her name is Brooke Trainer, and a new song for her, a new song for the podcast, a first spin of Time Takes Over. Now, we became aware of Brooke a couple, two, three years back now, I guess, when she was a student in the BCIT radio a course. Showed a lot of promise there and then boom, out of the blue, she, suddenly she's posting on her Facebook page that she's going to be working on new music. Has a team around her helping her out and lo and behold, it's good proud of Brooke keep an ear out for her to do big things in the years to come you heard a band called collision course as well this is the song that I was introduced to these guys by a good little rocker called run and you're only a few days away from being able to see these guys on this Friday Friday October 15th at the rickshaw theater sleep circle with redwoods stickman damsel and collision course That's a great show. In fact, the rickshaw actually has some great shows lined up in the coming weeks. October 22nd, which is, uh, what, 10 days away? Is that right? Yeah, 10 days away, We Hunt Buffalo. November 5th, which is my kid's birthday. This might be tricky to get to, but I want to. Dead Quiet on Friday, November 5th. If you're going to a show or you're playing a show, add it to the indie scene, At toddhancock.ca, let us know about it. We'll gladly slap it up for you. The indie scene is brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. Forty plus years experience in the music industry. They're back at it, jamming and kicking some ass. You gotta love that. Find out more through MysticRhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 256 is part of the syndicated Casey Clark radio show. Morning host. MJ, this week's entertainment guest. It's brought to you by Sacred meds, the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. beyond that hash, shatter, bath bombs, oils, teas. you name it, they've pretty much got it. Use code Toddcast. For 10% off your order, we're the most used code for four months running. Again, Toddcast for 10% off through sacredmeds.com. And this is cool. What are the chances that MJ, and my first radio job are the exact same job because for real,
1: you know, radio is such a hustle that you're always planning your next move. And yep. so from school, like I knew I had to go to a small town, so I did Smithers for my first job.
4: That's my did- first job. BVLD? Yeah.
1: The moose. Yeah. I don't know what it was called, but yeah.
4: The mighty BV. That was my first, that was the afternoon host. That was my first job in radio.
1: That was, that's my first Shut job up. in radio. Afternoons in Smithers. Yeah. How long were you there for?
4: Three months. Like, oh, it was like, quick. right away, there was a job in Prince George, and I begged and pleaded and, like, yes. kicked and screamed, and I got that gig. But, yeah, that was my first job. That's crazy. We both had the same first job in radio.
1: Afternoons in Smithers. What the heck? Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great start, clearly. <laughs> like,
4: how long were you there for?
1: 11 months.
4: Okay, so just under a year as well. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was pretty quick, but it was, yeah, it was definitely the biggest learning experience, especially when you're right out of school and you're just like thrown into actual radio.
4: I mean, how cool is that, right? What are the chances? Pretty cool. I had no idea that that was the case. Now I've wanted to get Marissa on the podcast for a while, or at least that's what I knew her as originally. Uh, since now she's saying that most people are calling her MJ. So we'll go by that as well. MJ jumped on a zoom call with us. I think for around 20 minutes. You can hear it. You can see it at our iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts, all at Toddcast Podcast. And you're going to love this because most of us have a following, regardless of how big or how small it is. It's a following that could be making you money as an influencer. It's something that MJ is loving getting into. It's just another side of the radio industry, another side of the entertainment industry, brand ambassador work. And she gave some advice for getting that first business under your belt.
1: Um, I've gotten really into uh, as well, like influencing right now. So it's been really fun, like working with different brands and and trying to get some recognition for their products too. So it's been kind of a fun challenge during the pandemic to, to get new clients and work on like that business side of things. So I I definitely.
4: So what kind of advice would you give for that? I mean, that's something that I've been doing since getting out of radio and it's been just fucking tough. Like it's been hard. Right. So. Give some advice on that for people like to maybe get a sponsor or something like that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I Once my biggest advice is once you get one sponsor um, and you do well, other brands will want to work with you. They'll see what you're doing. So it's just kind of landing that first one. And to get that, I would say, just really make sure on your feed, you're representing like who you are and what you stand for. So for me, the first brands that came to me were Tourism Camloops because I was already posting so much about being local that mm-hmm. they ended up bringing me on as a client and paying me to go around town, trying different foods, activities. So they paid me to post and try cool activities. How, like, how awesome is that? And then the other big sponsorship I got was through Cobia Beauty, which is a hair um salon. So I love my hair. I was already posting all about my hair. So just, I would say, stay true to yourself, post about what you like, and people will notice. And hey, send a few DMs, Like, what's the worst they can say? Sorry, we don't have the budget for that, but I truly think think, uh, Instagram marketing is the new way that some businesses are going to spend their marketing dollars.
4: And I totally know what she means. You know, looking back on the life of this podcast and seeing sponsors come and go and, you know, hindsight, you could look and go, well, yeah, I mean, this has been a very successful podcast in that regard, but during the rough times, during the tough times, COVID has been brutal to the entertainment industry. We we, we still don't have our live shows dialed up again. And it's certainly not for a lack of trying on my end. It's just that I'm not throwing shows and promoting a venue without getting compensation. And that's kind of where we're sitting at this point. I'm sure it'll eventually we'll turn around, but anyway, I digress and we'll get back to MJ. She talked about how the Jonas Brothers were her first concert, why she's not a gambler, we talked about superpowers and the one that she would want to have, binging The Bachelor, and why did she get into radio?
1: Um, my passion for radio actually started all the way back in high school. Um, I kind of found my groove in high school when I got into the theater program. I just loved being on stage. I loved performing, but I cannot sing and I cannot dance. So I was like, hmm, how else can I be the center of attention? Oh, broadcasting.
4: <laughs> right. Okay, interesting. So when you were that age, did you try to get into radio? Like, were you volunteering at all? Or like, what got you down that path to take the the BCIT course and, you know, to get to where you are today?
1: Well, when I was in theater, we did a show called Rent. And Jasmina, actually, who is in Vancouver Radio, she was had a little minor part in the show because she actually went to Garibaldi and knew my theater teacher. Okay. And when she came in, I was just in awe of her. And so I was like, wow, radio. So I started doing my research and I found BCIT. It's like one of the best programs to do for radio. And so right out of high school, I applied for the part-time courses. So I did nine part-time courses because my parents wanted to make sure that I really wanted to do radio because I was still quite shy. And then after the part-time courses, I fell in love and I applied for full-time and Got in right away, so I was pretty lucky.
4: That's crazy. So you're shy, and what what gets you over the hump to be a radio personality? Because I mean, that takes some it takes some guts.
1: It does, and it's it's weird because I still am quite shy and introverted. So people often ask me, they're like, "How do you do what you do?" But my safe place and my comfort place is on the radio. I don't know why. I will tell the world everything when the mic is on. I have no filter. I am not shy at all. I don't know. That just seems like my my happy, safe place. Yeah. So I don't know why that is. I feel like it's an outlet or something.
4: And, you know, having traveled the path that MJ is currently on, you got to imagine that being a radio DJ, a radio personality, that music has always played an important role in, in her life. So we got to talking about the music that was in her house as a kid growing up.
1: Yeah. So my dad is a huge rock fan um, yeah. in our house. Actually, he has the whole wall of Beatles vinyl all on display. So he's a huge like Beatles fan. So I grew up on a lot of that stuff. Um, and then my own personal taste started coming through like when I was in probably that 13-year-old stage. And I've always been a diehard hip-hop fan. I just love rap. <laughs> so... Um, That's kind of like where I found my passion for music. And then as I got into my 20s, I was commuting a lot for work. And this is really random, but I was getting so sick of my own music that I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to something completely different country. And I just fell in love with country. And then I listened to that nonstop. So I have a passion for music for all different types, for sure.
5: Toddcast podcast entertainment guest visits are powered by Sacred Meds the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Available online at sacredmeds.com. Use promo code TODDCAST at checkout for 10% off everything in store.
8: It's life you were given, wishing I could visit Show you I'm not invisible, less than visible Ritual, never got a relationship, so it's Fucking pitiful, With the shit, I was cynical Clinical times content, do thought when I this, this, start when I miss you more than you ever know Your beauty glowed some amount of memories forever more, now we're over And we're over And we're over She said You do alone." I found some wrong, tangible, invincible I'm and love, no trust I missed the bus, it felt like fisticuffs Rich with lust and kick at us That hit the bricks and keep them rock Missed this kid and twisted spit Forget that I meant you dead today Couldn't break the swamp the thought I was in the dump My eyes are open and it's a start So I embark on a new path i loyal war. I want She said You don't here And I was so wrong, dear now I'm paying the price of living my life she said Be him
4: is a new track for Surrey, BC based hip hop artist Disicus and it's called Don't Belong. I've been buddies with him for probably 15, 20 years anyway. Uh, Back in the day, he used to do local shows here in Vancouver. Hasn't been around for a bit, but it's nice to see him back. I'm sure you'll probably see him doing some shows sooner than later. Check him out. Check out all of his music at soundcloud.com slash disicus. That's D I S S I K U S S Disicus. Looking forward to next week. It's all about superpowers. Which power would you want to have? You'll hear from twelve guests. Now they're not on next week's podcast, but check out what former Dead Daisies and Motley singer John Karabi said about superpowers.
0: I don't know, man. Like it's weird. I was kind of uh I was kind of a comic book guy when I was a kid. And I'm I still like to this day, my wife just rolls her eyes, I'm like, oh, dude, the new Deadpool's coming out. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, Iron Man. Or, I Like, I love all that stuff. Um, I would have to say, I think when I was a kid, I think my favorite was Thor. My favorite was Thor and Iron Man when I was younger. Uh, if I did have a superpower, I think I would want to be invisible so I could sneak into, uh, you know, like cheerleaders restrooms and and dressing rooms and stuff i I know it's kind of creepy my ankle bracelet is blinking now as i speak but whatever deal with it i
4: love it the the fly on the wall
0: (laughs) just a fly on the wall my friend that's
4: great that's what it's all about next week superpowers and as a comic book geek since like 10 years old coming up on 40 years this is a good podcast. Of course, want to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. Juno award-winning producer, Brian Howes. Great to catch up and finally face-to-face and dude, I'm taking you up on coming over and hanging out with the fam. Look forward to that. BCHL network editor and the GM of the Port Moody Panthers, my partner in crime, my Yoda, Brian Weeb. Dude, always great to talk. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us. And from the Casey Clark radio show, The Syndicated, Casey Clark radio show MJ awesome loving seeing you kicking so much ass in the industry congrats keep it up and keep in touch and thank you again for joining the program that's going to do it for this one episode 256 my name is Todd Hancock thank you so much for listening if you like what you heard please tell your friends subscribe hit that subscribe button iTunes Spotify SoundCloud YouTube we're also part of the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto, check out Dean at deanblundell.com. Comment and rate the podcast as well. So helps out with search results. Toddcast podcast again. Huge thanks to all of our excellent sponsors. You can find all links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. Cheap's not the word you're supposed to use. It's inexpensive. There's contact info at the homepage. If you help us find a sponsor, we will give you a commission based on that ad buy. So keep that in mind. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself.
5: The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter,
6: and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.